name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You are invited to be seated. From our Gospel reading, No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Happy Father's Day was the words that my kids said to me on Father's Day. It's not Father's Day, so you're okay. With that, they knew I loved my coffee. And what do you get dad after he's been your dad for 16, 17 years? You've sort of run out of the little trophies that say greatest dad of all. If you're wondering, I am the greatest dad of all. I have like seven of those trophies, so... In this time, they gave me a tree, a coffee tree. I think it was next to the register there at Sweet Bay, and it was a convenient gift to pick up, but you'll have to ask my wife about that. I love to garden, and so I planted a coffee tree. I watered it, I took care of it for years. I've watered it and taken care of it, and it has grown, and it has beautiful leaves on it, but no berries, no little coffee beans on it. We took breaths. It's a nice tree. Should we keep it, or should we throw it out? I'll keep taking care of it, I said. And after, I don't know, three, four, has it been five years? The first little white flower popped up. It was like we had given birth in the family. (laughs) We watched it and other little flowers popped up. And pretty soon, little coffee beans began to grow. Well, I don't know if I'm not giving it enough light or if I haven't put enough fertilizer on it. If I need to repot it and put it into a bigger pot because its little roots are being choked. I'm not quite sure yet. But those little guys didn't quite turn to that bright, beautiful red they're supposed to. And they just shriveled on the vine. Maybe next year. I think I'll take some fertilizer and fertilize it a little more. Give it a little more room in its roots. Jesus told a story today about a gardener. A gardener who has a fig tree. I don't know if it was planted on Father's Day or not, but he had a fig tree. And there it grows. And he keeps looking for the figs to grow. It's actually the conclusion to our reading, a parable. What brings us there is a conversation, a conversation that was out of a normal state of thought of Jesus' day. If something bad happens to you, if you are suffering in some way, it's because you deserve it. God is giving you your just desserts. 
Wow, what a tough way to live. It was quite common in the book of John. Why was this baby born blind? Was it something that the parents did, a sin that they did, or is it something that the man did? It was just their understanding of the way the world worked. If something was wrong with you, you were living out the outcome of either your sin, parents' sin, even grandparents and great-grandparents. And Jesus says, no. The people who were killed by Pilate did nothing wrong. There is evil in the world, and sometimes evil leaders do evil things to innocent people. It's as if the words of Scripture were written this week, where we know of an evil ruler who is doing evil things to innocent people. In the Bible times, it was Pilate mingling the blood of the Galileans with their sacrifice. Today, we have bombs that are falling on innocent people. There is evil in this world, and people who experience the evil of this world have not done anything to deserve it, and God is not punishing them. Likewise, Jesus says, let me up the ante on you a little bit. What about those folks over in Jerusalem? They're building the Tower of Siloam, and you know about it. It fell over and killed 18 of them. Is it because they were doing something sinful? No, I tell you. Sometimes towers fall over because the foundation isn't built well. It's as if we were on the Zoom. During our Zoom and we were Zooming our coffee hour, one of our past parishioners, Kathy, came in. She would Zoom in with us from Colorado. And each week we would check in with her and she would say, the drought is so terrible. And then this week comes and she says, the forest fires here and the wildfires are horrific. There are natural disasters in the world. Towers fall over. Bridges break. Wildfires come sweeping through. And it's not about whether God is happy with us or not. You might get a little different message from the tele-evangelist who might tell you if you live in New Orleans, you live in a sinful city and God's hurricane is coming to get you. But Jesus would say no. That's not how God is. Evil is in this world. It sometimes happens to innocent people. Natural disasters happen. Jesus turns and says to them, those who do think this are putting themselves in the place of God and trying to judge others. You must repent or you will suffer a consequence of being so broken. That's what Jesus does. In the book of Luke, he brings us to a place of what repentance is. Repentance, in this case, is putting ourselves in places of judgment over others 
we've usurped what God does. I know, I know. We don't think that a forest fire or a hurricane is God punishing people. And we certainly don't think that if someone has some sort of physical malady that they're being punished by God. We've updated it. We come to our own way of sitting in judgment over others. Maybe we look at someone and we see the color of their skin and somehow we know everything about them. We judge. Maybe we see people sitting on the wall right outside our church and we say, what did they do to deserve this? They obviously abused chemicals. We don't know what it was. We don't know their mental state. But it's so easy in a fleeting thought to just have a judgmental thought and pass them off as deserving what they get. You see, we just update things a little different context. Jesus says to them, but unless you change this way of thinking, we shall perish, we shall enter into a place of brokenness. Jesus says to us, unless we step back and we begin to think as God thinks, we'll live into a place of brokenness in our own life. The truth is, is that we are sort of pulled by something deep within us to measure ourselves by others. I think we learn it pretty early on. In school, how are my grades compared to their grades? What did you get on it? In some way, we're measuring our self-worth. How worthy am I compared to this other person? What kind of job do you have? Where do you live? What are your hopes and your aspirations? It's easy to sort of measure ourselves and to judge the other. In one way, we may say, well, I'm not so bad. In another way, we might say, I'm not so good. Maybe God doesn't love me. Either way, we enter into a place of the brokenness of that kind of thinking. Luke wants us to know repentance is a way of being in the world. It's not just saying, I'm sorry for something I've done. Particularly in this passage. And the reason we read it in Lent, for Luke, to repent is to enter into the unknown outcome of God's mercy. That's what the parable is about. It's not about a coffee tree. It's about a fig tree. And it's about an unknown outcome. Did you notice we never find out whether that tree, after some good care and a year of fertilizer, ever gives figs? It's as if Jesus is saying, the love of God and God's mercy is unearned and undeserved. 
it's given. Like a gardener who says, let's have mercy on this tree for another year. I will get down on my hands and my knees and I will take the dung from the cows and I'll pack it in around the roots and I will do the hard work of care and love, giving the nutrition that this tree might need because I care about it. I see its potential. I see the abundance that can come. And Jesus says, that's what repentance is. It's not to look down and to judge. It's not to measure oneself with another. It's to open oneself to what Jesus has done for us. Without knowing the outcome, Jesus has reached out his hands, put them on the cross, and he has said, I love you, and he has died for each and every one of us. Without caring about the outcome, just reaching out his loves to him, reaching out his arms to embrace and love and to show mercy. To enter into the life of repentance is not to know the outcome. I know why this person was born blind. I know why this tower fell. I know why this forest fire ate up that or why this storm hit this. To repent is to enter into God's unknown world of mercy. And when we enter in and we show that mercy without judgment, when we give without caring about outcome, we have entered into the place of grace. We offer our very best, our care, our tending, and we leave the outcome up to God. I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is that our Victorian house right over there on 7th Street has a brand new roof because of the F1 tornado that happened in May. I don't think we did anything bad at the church to have a tornado blow shingles off of the roof. Tornadoes happen when you live in Arkansas. That's the good news. The bad news is that we've received word that the Oxford House is going to withdraw their attempt to be able to start building houses in Fort Smith. For six months, they have supported putting a president into the house so that those who are dealing with chemical addictions could live in a family home covenanted together. We raised the money, we fixed up the house. For six months, they have been paying us rent, including the utilities, on an empty house. Six potential presidents have been interviewed, four have gone to the board, and none of them, because of brokenness or their own withdrawal of their name, none of them were put in to be the president. And so, after six months of paying rent in utilities, Heartbroken, I received a call from the deacon 
who said, I'm sorry, Oxford House International says that we must not be ready yet in Fort Smith. And so they'll continue their work in northwest Arkansas. But at this point, we have an empty house. We planted. We've tended. We have a beautiful house. I say we just tear the house down. Or wait. Maybe God is doing something in God's great grace and mercy that we didn't know about. We've been faithful. We have followed what God has asked us to do as we could discern it the best we could. There's things we don't control. We don't control towers falling. We don't control other people. Maybe God is opening something for a world where there's great evil. And there's refugees who need a home and a place and a caring community from Afghanistan. Or maybe from Ukraine there are families who need support and a new start and a beautiful home to begin a new season in their life. I don't know. The one thing I know is that this church will get down on their hands and their knees and they will fertilize and work and till the soil because God makes abundant, we don't. We are faithful gardeners to prepare the soil for the good that God will do. I don't know exactly what happens in the next months. I know we've been faithful. I know God is merciful, and I know our world is filled with needs. And so we move into a new season of discernment. According to this, it would be an opening of repentance, being open to the unknown outcome of God's mercy. It's not the way we always think about repenting, but to repent is to continue the good work of God, not trying to pontificate from above, but ready to put our hands into the dirt so that we can move into God's outcome and God's abundance that God has for us. Amen.